Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky and I am joined with Jonathan Lee. Hello everyone. Chris Apple. What's up? And Brett Freeman. Hey guys. Alright guys, so I think this week we are probably going to touch on the Nantex. We're not going to do too many point predictions, but we kind of want to talk about different upgrades in the packs, how they're going to affect the meta, what we think they're going to do. Um, so we're just going to do a little bit of preview for that and then we'll move on. So first thing we're going to cover is targeting computer. Um, so we'll, we're jumping right into it this episode. Targeting yep. computer is huge, I think, especially because there's a lot of ships that, you know, really could use the target lock action, but don't have it. Namely, I'm thinking a lot of empire ships. Um, yeah. yeah if we sure. want to start there. Well, so so I, I figured before before we started, I just kind of threw all the things that don't have target lock in a list. Um, a targeted computer, if we go back to 1.0, was it seemed like a pretty useful card, right? And like this is just a straight straight just add the target lock action, right? Nothing nothing else. So you know, just kind of running down the list, I, we, we don't we'll probably spend a little more time talking about Empire, but just to hit Rebels real fast because there's only a couple of ships. The attack shuttle Wookiees, the Sheathapede, which we're getting in Wave 5 too, right? And then the TIE Fighter. Um, all of those could potentially... I don't know if they all have mods is is one thing I, I should confirm, actually. Do all of those have mods? Let's check that real quick. I think they um, do. Yeah, it's easy to check, though. So let me just take a quick look here. So the attack shuttle has has a mod slot, right? And then I think the Ozatuck does. It should. Yep. And then does the TIE Fighter. The TIE Fighter does as well. As does the Sheathapede. Yeah, so just, just confirming that. So um, Ezra has force charges, right? Is that minimum, that seems kind of interesting, depending on cost, that you could just basically take a cheap three-dice attack shuttle in Ezra um, and a target lock action. Uh, that's really reliable damage. Like, you pay a lot more points for you know normal things that have full mods, right? Um so if they initiative cost targeting computer, that's something to look at right away, I think. Uh, and then the only other one in, in, in Rebels that seemed semi-interesting to me were, were Wookiees. Interesting might be the wrong adjective, but uh, they have the crew slot, right? And they can they can probably get mods from somewhere else. So, yeah, I, you know, if, if that number is somewhere close to, you know, a lower single-digit cost, um, Rebels could see some benefit from this. It would be interesting to see this on the Wookiees, especially because I think they have two crew slots right they in do. there. So, I mean, yeah. you throw some, I, I don't know if it's worth it to throw two Jedi on there, but if you're, you know, basically getting your uh, mods that way, it, it would be interesting to see them come back into play, especially with, uh, we saw like Wolf make, I, I think, yeah, I think he made like, what, top 16 at uh, Nova? So, it's not yeah. that crazy. And they're good ships, right? So, I, I like, I, I still maintain that. Um, we recently saw Jyn Erso kind of play somewhere. So, you know, like the, if, if there's anything that Rebels do well, it's sort of kind of share dice modification and things like that. So I wouldn't be too shocked to see targeting computer have value on, on a Wookiee or an attack shuttle. Yeah. I'm definitely going to look at Ezra for sure in the attack shuttle because that's... Um, I, I liked those to begin with. I think they're great filler in like a Wedge, Luke, and Jake list. They usually fit. Or you can do... You know, I five Hera means you can get the target lock. Um, so I guess one caveat we should make as we go through this is targeting computer is subject to the same problem that 
the target locked action has in general, which is higher initiative things get a ton more value from it, um, which leads well into Empire. Yep. Um, <laughs> with Interceptors, I think they have the, what, two mod slots? I, I, this might be something that just becomes an auto-include on there. Um, I would think so. Like, I mean, so with Psy, uh, if you put this on Psy and an Interceptor, like, you could basically coordinate the Interceptor, the target lock, and then Psy gets to lock himself, even without the title. Yeah, it's interesting with the Landas. I guess we can start there. Because with title, they're kind of getting the target locks anyways at really weird ranges. Um, so that, that might be one place where we don't see it. I, I can't predict, right? So um, one thing that's one ahead, thing cool on the, the Lambda is it gives you a cheap way to get Tarkin to actually be relevant um, on the Lambdas. And that, uh, you know, if you throw Jendon in there with a targeting computer and Tarkin, you can basically give Suntir and Whisper a target lock before they engage. I got which you. Would be nice. That's cool, right? So, um, how much is how much is uh, Tarkin right now? Do we know? So he keeps dropping. So I, I think he's pretty cheap. But let me confirm. Because I like five. last time I looked at it, he was like still not at the point where you'd use him. But that's Six that's points. cool. Six, Six points. points. Okay. I guess we should say at the top here that like before we go through the rest of the list here in Empire. The faction has Jendon, so thanks for bringing that up, Brett. Right? I mean, like, the fact that, that Jendon exists kind of just sort of gives everything a boost. So, one of the things that I'm thinking about is, is what instances, like, so I see clearly with the Lambda Shuttle and Interceptors the reason to take a target lock action, um, especially on something with, like, um, Suntir, who can target lock and get his focus, but I mean, in the end, is this something that like you would be taking over just focusing, like, uh, yeah. you know? Uh, so let's get into that, right? Like, I think I think everyone's going to say, "Oh, I'm going to put this on soon tier." But for me, the thing that's most exciting is the possibility that it'll be cheap enough to to give a generic interceptor or striker the target lock action. Um, one of the things that that you look at across some of the other factions is that basically lower initiative generics that don't have the target lock action are somewhat punished because they can't they can't set up target locks on turns where they're not under threat or turns where they've acquired a block you know they basically set up a block um so this is no small deal right like if you watch a sinker swarm play um sinker swarms aren't just getting rerolls from sinker they also happen to set up target locks when they move one of their many torrents to block um but this all really is very dependent on cost. So I know I just said the inverse of this, right? That like the value of it goes up with higher initiative things. Um, but don't sleep on the fact that like, you know, the entire FO faction has target lock, which really helps even just an Epsilon, you know, TIE fighter. Sure. Um, so by like going, all right, let's move on to the Phantom then. Like, so the Phantom like is something that has gotten a the target lock recently with passive sensors almost. But I, I think at the same time, like, um, what would you say, like, only you'd be target locking the lower initiative with your um, blockers and stuff like that. But with passive, um, you really kind of saw target locks popping up with these other mods, like Phantoms were taking Fifth Brother um, in a lot of cases and Palp showing up. I, I Me personally, I, I think that is the time that I'm going to start seeing these target um, 
targeting computers really show up is when you do have those double mods to begin with. Yeah, I get it. I mean, it just for it to be useful, it doesn't have to have that. So like, I'm Duchess with fifth fifth brother and a target lock seems pretty good too. Um, you know, I've been running Duchess with Lone Wolf and things like that, or even Whisper with Lone Wolf and fifth gunners. Not terrible. Um, as good as passive sensors is. I think I think it gets into some weird spots though, right? Especially with passive sensors because it's like that's three points on Whisper, isn't it? Yes. Something like that. Um, so I, it raises a whole bunch of questions about how this will be costed. Um, you know, it just th there's some drawbacks to passive sensors, I guess. But I mean, the thing that honestly is most exciting to me is that there's finally a mod that's just not like garbage or that's not ridiculously expensive. Hey, afterburners. Yeah, I, I know, I know you love it, right? But I mean, on, on Whisper, right? The main problem with passive sensors is that it means you have to give up your system slot, which is, you know, a very competitive slot. I mean, now if I could get a target lock and fire control or a target lock and collision detector, I mean, that Whisper is, is going to be so good. Seems pretty reliable. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the, the trick is like, the problem with passive sensors or targeting computers is you're sometimes feeling like you're giving up the chance for, you know, defense token, right? And that's so important to, to Whisper in some cases, right? Because when you turtle up, you want your mods. Um, what, what's cool with passive sensors is it's not just a target lock. It gives you the calculate. So you can sort of opt out of whatever your choice was, which is always good. Like, delaying decisions is great because then you don't have to make them. Um, so, but, but at the end of the day, it's like, if we look at this list, I think Empire, can we say definitively Empire just is getting a direct buff by the existing of the existence of this? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. I I don't understand. I would have thought they could have made it uh, add a red, like a red target lock action, maybe. It's an interesting it, question, yeah. Yeah, like how Debris Gambit adds a red uh, vade. Right, it's, it's. I mean, so that's that brings up another question as well, which is the only ship that this affects in resistance is the transport pod, which has a red target lock, um, I think. Yeah. Not sure why it does, but that's not very common, I guess, but does does this turn that to a white target lock? Yes, it would. Okay. It doesn't turn it to a white target lock. It adds a white target lock. So you could, for some reason, if you wanted to potentially stress yourself, you could still perform a red target lock. I got you. Yeah, um, it's just like tack officer on yeah. a, a Reaper. Right, right. It's funny because we used to talk about how like Soontir was really good with targeting computer. and it, We're not really good, but he was like a fun alternative in 1.0 with targeting computer. Um and you know the, now it's like you have that kind of chance for a free focus. Um, I'm kind of with you, John. I, I I wonder. It is a little bit just it, it's a little concerning to me when FFG prints a card that maybe causes the mod slot to be a risk for the entire card pool, right? Um, the option to add something to the action bar like this seems like it's maybe a challenge to balance perfectly. Um, but I think the total number of ships that this affects is how many do I have here? It's like it's like maybe a dozen, right? Around that range. Um, but you have to count all the pilots in there that it becomes relevant for. I don't know. Just seems really hard for a designer to to manage the mod slot, which is why we haven't seen a good version of it, like really really good good mods, I guess. So, question for you guys on Suntier: How much better is targeting computer than Predator? For P I mean, I haven't flown Suntier in second edition, but for those of you guys who have, 
I mean, how often do you get the predator off? Anyways, would you? A lot. It's 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 almost rare to not get the predator off. Um, so I think I would rather probably still just if I'm if I have a chance to to take an action and count on that free focus, I would just rather get the evade for for defense and rely on predator. I mean, you're hitting so consistently with predator. Yeah, I also think this is one of those things that with Suntir, like you could take it, and if it's cheap enough, it's one of those things that you you still token up. But that one turn that you're not getting shot. Um, it is when you do it. Like when you line up that perfect shot, is when you would be target locking. Like I still think that tokening up with like either an evade or another focus token would definitely be the the smarter thing to do. But like I said, if this is cheap enough that you can throw it on soon tier, like I would do it just for those one or two shots that you might get a game that you don't have to worry about any shots coming in. It makes it a much more reliable flanker, right? Yep. Yeah. Like when you you don't always get the predator on the flank. Um, and that this this basically guarantees you that kind of impact impact. Yeah, in one point I think it was two points. And if it's priced anywhere near that here, I, I mean I would gladly spend four points in two point for, you know, a seventy five percent chance each game that I'm gonna get a target lock at some point. It it would be a great value. Right. I well I'm I'm also skeptical on the cost of this. I think it's gonna be I, it, like remember, remember when they specifically targeted Han, and they were like, "Let's make this one thing I six expensive, <laughs> so it so it affects Han." And that was R two D two crew, right? I wonder if they might do something like that with this, where it's like, you know, they did just make it expensive at a certain range for something we don't know about right now. Um, you know, big picture, it's it also is necessary for the Nantex to get a target lock, right? So that's like it comes with the Nantex. I I imagine that there's a reason for that uh, yep yeah, definitely I, I think yeah the nantex is going to be i can't wait to see the actual points what it comes out with because i think a lot of people are panicking with it but um definitely if the nantex only has two actions on the action bar but yeah it's going to be like relying on so many different just upgrades for like those other actions between turning its turret and possibly getting locks um it'll be interesting to see yeah um, so just just before we move on from here, just the escape craft and the minor tie get access to target lock now. So eh. you're welcome. I um, don't know if I'd <laughs> ever throw it on either of them. Well, yeah. I, what, what I said earlier, I guess, is that you're not always needing. To, you, you have opportunities to set up target lock turns. So I, you know, would it would it be helpful for Sevor in the cartel list? I think that's all at 200 points right now, right? So probably not. But you know, I can't imagine putting on an escape craft because everyone just shoots those things. Yeah. And, and, and Lando, Lando does it for free anyway. So. True. Um, yeah, so I, and then Reaper and TIE, the, Re, the TIE Reaper I don't think we mentioned, so um, Vermeil certainly doesn't hate this. That's for sure. Um, again, like, I Vermeil think... Is, Vermeil's angry. <laughs> Put it that way. Yeah. Again, like I said, I, I mean, I'm leaning towards I would take this if I have some other kind of mod coming in. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily put it on a Reaper or uh, a Striker is definitely possible, but I, I think I just like the idea of focusing up in general. Um, obviously, that could change if like the points are there and I'm just like, okay, maybe I'll use this at one point. Um, but if this ends up being a little bit expensive... I think it still has possibilities in certain places, but if it is as expensive as it might be, 
then it's something that I'm just dropping in. Unless it makes complete sense, I'm leaving it as it is. So let me throw something out to you, right? Because I don't, I, I don't necessarily share the need for double mods for it to have value kind of opinion. Um, like MDARs are 44 points, right? Okay. So if I if I put a target lock action on the MDARs bar, and I have a thing that can now cloak to set up target locks, I guess. Um, are you more interested? Now I've stutter stepped the full mods, right? It's not the turn that you locked, but you have an opportunity to do it. So right. <laughs> we're talking about phantoms here, so it, it might be a little bit different. Um, but, but it's the same concept, right? I guess right. what I'm saying is like it's it's more about like um, action flexibility. It's not the first turn that it, the target lock matters. It's the whole game. Right. Um, I'm only I'm only kind of emphasizing this just for, mostly for the listeners to like kind of really take a hard look at the list that you build and if this thing is really cheap um it's 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 a significant impact no absolutely if this thing is cheap uh, i'm probably just going to throw it on everything that i can in uh, empire but like i said on the vice versa if it is a little bit more expensive i'm gonna make sure i withhold that you know slot just to be like is this something i absolutely need or is it just going to be wasted points that i might you know um, right. but with that, did we, like touching base on Jenden, like I think that's a huge opportunity that if you can fit Jenden with some, you know, MDARs and they just basically like target lock right off the bat, that's, it's, it might be a little bit scary. So you can do that today, right? Because there's room for Krennic and Tarkin and three three MDARs with FCS. Um, but but this just makes that cheaper, so you don't have to invest as many points, I guess. Right. Um, yeah, so, you know, and, and I fully expect variable pricing on this. Um, I'd be shocked if it's not costed based on initiative. So that means, you know, look at your I1s. All right. Um, do we want to move on? Yeah, we can. Pre- I, what else is in the box? So let's <laughs> what talk- else is in this crazy rich get richer box? I'm going to give Chris, you have three minutes to talk about why you hate precognitive reflexes. Oh my god! Three minutes. All right, five minutes. You have five <laughs> minutes to talk about why you hate precog. I was gonna go for less. Um, All right. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a, a huge uh, kind of statement prepared for this, but I guess I, I've talked about this before. My opinion on pre movement mechanics is the same as my my definitive opinion on inertial Kane and Han. Right. All that stuff goes into the same garbage bag for me. Um. It's 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 the kind of thing where like if FFG balances multiple cards around these kinds of mechanics, then they can leave them cheaper. Um, if they don't, then one of them becomes king in the world of you know dial changing or movement mechanic influencing, um, and you end up with a you know just a kind of half of the game sort of cut out. Um, so so big picture, right? Like. If if FFG wants uh, pre movement abilities to be relevant and cheap and widely available to high initiative ships, then FFG probably should put some emphasis on the things that counter that. So right now we have, you know, high ship count lists that are good that are are actually you know useful against pre movement. So anything above five ships in the hands of a very good player are, can manage that. Um, that's the most wholesome kind of solution to pre-movement mechanics. Then after that, you get to a bunch of stuff that I think 
largely is kind of causes some concerns for people. Um, things like Luke Skywalker, Gunner, right? Things like the the boost rear arc that we've talked about in the past, bombs. Um, it's a long list, right? So I, I don't, I'm not like super negative about pre-movement, just in the vacuum of the game that FFG's given us. Uh, it has to be expensive, unless they make other things cheaper. That's kind of where I'm at. All right, so that was two minutes. All right, so Britt, I'll give you three minutes of why you think this card is going to be okay. I, I don't need three minutes. It's the last sentence. If you do, you cannot perform another action during your activation. Um, I mean, it basically is advanced sensors, except it, it could give you one action that you don't have, and you have to spend a, you know, a pretty precious resource, depending on which ship you are, in a force charge to be able to, to do this, right? You, you can't do a... Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bump this turn, so I'm gonna advance sensors or target lock that I'm gonna get to use later. Um, I mean, it, I could definitely see how it has value, and I, I see it having more value on your end game ship once you get to the end of the game, right? And really, all you're trying to do at that point is is stay alive and and not get caught. Um, but I don't think it's gonna have the same type of impact that Supernatural had. I don't think Vader is, is gonna love it anywhere like he loved, you know, Supernatural, where he's able to you know, go from no tokens to target lock focus, doing a, a K turn or, or a, a Talon roll. Um, I, I, I'm just even completely ignoring the whole strain consequence because I don't see that as really being a, a big deal at all. You can even get rid of it the same turn. But I think you're giving up a lot when you are spending a force and not getting a token that turn. Um, and I'd be, I'd be wary to do that. So let's talk about the the can't perform action thing um and and advanced sensors i think we got to start there so like i i would argue pretty directly that advanced sensors is under costed on gurry right now um i think that's fairly obvious at 10 points it's still it's still under costed and the reason why is because even though it doesn't allow you an action gurry gets a focus token right um, so actions aren't relevant to, they're not relevant to dice modification, I guess is my point. Um, when you look at something like Vader, you kind of have to take the whole picture in, right? Which is fire control, three force charges, two if you do this, no boost, I6. So you don't really, you don't really care if you lose your action the turn that you boost in 4K, right? And you don't, you don't so much care early game if you lose your action, if you, boost and you know four straight and get out of a bunch of arcs um it's all it's all kind of trivial at a certain cost right like that's not a risk to using that card in my opinion mainly because the things you put it on already have passive mods yeah so if it's like five points i totally agree with you right it's like a really good like get out of jail free card but if it's, you know, I mean, you, you're saying that you think it, it needs to start with a two, right? So it's got to be 20 points. On I-6, yeah, I, yeah, for I-6 for sure. Right, and I, I I mean, I can just, I don't think I would ever spend the points on it. And I'm sure I'm wrong. Duncan Howard's going to win a, a hyperspace trial with it like the week comes out, probably. And <laughs> I'm going to be at that one, so he's going to beat me with it, and it's going to suck. But I just don't see how it works points-wise. Yeah, well, so that's also another element to this. I have to be completely honest, and I was trying to be at the start. I don't, I'm not interested in this being priced so it's playable, right? Like that's, you know, just, and like, we don't have to continue debating it, right? Because that's sort of like, that's my stance on it. Like this kind of stuff, I don't really, 
for high initiative ships see a real role or, or place in the game unless everything around it, like I was saying to begin with, is is made flexible enough to deal with it. So even Leia, like even Leia crew, um, if you kept that cheap enough, that supernatural could be cheap and precog could be cheap, then you have a natural counter built into the rebel faction. So it's less of a problem. I think um, I mean are you oh sorry. I just I'll 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 leave it at these types of cards escalate everything around them, right? So they're either like at a breaking point in terms of cost, I'll never use it, or they're just kind of a, just representative of the overall power level of movement mechanics. Um, that's my take on it. You know, I was coming from sort of the other end of like, you know, usually flying lower initiative ships, like a ship that has this on it, you would never, you'd never be able to block it. You'd never be able to block any of the turnarounds. I remember um, a game I was playing with Andrew a long time ago. I was, I had an advanced sensors, Rexler Brath. And I forget, I think Andrew was flying the Fang Fighters and you just could not pin down that defender because he could always boost and then K-turn or he'd boost in five straight and you could just never be able to catch it with a group of low initiative generics. And this actually it reminds me of, um, I forget if we talked about it in a previous episode, but uh, Snapshot. So Snapshot is a card. Part of me kind of likes it in that, you know, I could put it on a cheaper low initiative ship and then paint sort of this no-go zone where I'm like, you know, your ace does not want to go here. But part of me doesn't like it because it's indicative of like an arms race between between uh, like a power creep arms race, like in first edition when they brought out right. auto thrusters and they had to keep on bringing out more and more powerful cards. So it's like, I kind of like the idea of snapshot, but I don't like the fact that it's, it feels like an arms race. It's, it's, it's a, it's definitely a type of card that escalates things around it, but not to the level that precognitive will at a certain cost. Um, I think snapshot also has the problem of sort of feeling bad, <laughs> but Snapshot's interesting, right? And I, I don't. We can transition into that, but because I guess we also get foresight in here, right? Um, which is sort of like Jedi snapshot. Yes, which is kind of exciting. Which it allows you to modify one focus. So I guess they they knew that the Force users are are you know get some some amount of advantage from snapshot mechanics, right? Because they don't they always just have mods hanging around. So precognitive. Let's say. Like wrapping this topic up, um, sure. Let's say it is points appropriately. Um, it's me, let's say it's on the lower side of things. Is this something that's basically going to be an auto include in most Jedi lists or something along those lines? Well, or do we think that, um, it's yeah. going to be something that like this could be possible, or maybe sense will be possible, or you know, something like along those lines? Like the power level at a low and um, low cost is what I'm saying. Yeah, I I think it's a weird one, right? Because even at a high cost, it has a, has a significant power level. Like it's we talked about this before with supernatural, right? Like supernatural at 24 points is still cheap, and the reason is it adds points to your ship. Now the problem is that they're points that your component can destroy. Um, so like the definition of what low looks like for this card is, it's mind bending, right? Like it's really hard to define because for Obi Wan or for Anakin, I think it's double digits for Anakin at minimum, and it starts with a two. Um, for Obi-Wan, it's more than advanced sensors, right? It's more than 10, because we know that's too cheap for, for Guri. Um, so you're looking at like 18 points, maybe 16. 
I, you know, the way that Jedi are costed now has a major impact on that decision because Jedi are under costed. So if they, however they cost this this precog right now, I guess it'll be done in the based on based on the fact that they've costed Obi at sixty six points with seven B, right? But they're not they're not costing this for the long term. They're costing it for this point cycle because it's dropping mid cycle, right? So I think Obi will have room for it unless they specifically target Obi and say no, not you. <laughs> Same with Kylo, right? Like you, you don't get it either. Um, it's tough. It's really it's really hard to say. I, but I because anything anything that even seems high, you'd still consider it. So all right, let's say this: uh, advanced sensors is ten points. Let's just say the developers are sitting there and saying like, okay. We'll put this at twelve points and just see how it does. Like let's 12 say twelve points. Twelve points. I put this on Kylo, and you never hear from me again. All right. <laughs> like it's it's on Kylo in every list that exists at twelve points. Same is true for Obi Wan. If if that's twelve points at I five. So now, like you're confident that like the fact that you can't use afterburners or anything like that that it's going to be irrelevant. that strong. One hundred percent irrelevant. All right. Um, I, Kylo Ren has has sometimes gets shot in games, and it's annoying with. With 12-point precog, my opponent would have to bring the right list, right? They'd, they'd basically have to bring the right list with the right cards in it or quantities of ships. Rock, paper, scissors, the game. Exactly. Yeah. And that's we're, we, it's always rock, paper, scissors, right? But the question is, like, what types of rocks, papers, and scissors do you want? Yeah. Um, and I'm cool with anyone's kind of flavor for that, right? It's just if, if precog is cheap, make Luke Skywalker gunner cheap, right? <laughs> I'm on board. Cool. Um, so I know you don't have a list here, but let's talk. About, let, let I do want to talk about snapshot and foresight for uh, just a minute. Um, I really think foresight is going to be pretty good. On, um, all right. So snapshot, like I did a little bit of testing on my, on my own just to be like, okay, I think snapshot's going to be in, in this range. Um, but the fact of it was, was you can't mod your dice with snapshot you can still mod the defender's dice so juke would still work i think snapshot a's are might pop up a little bit um unless that thing is crazy expensive but i really like foresight because you are getting a mod um you're you're able to basically change one of your focus results to a hit so you have to spend a force but you're getting the value out of that that you are are getting that attack mod? Um, what do you what do you guys think about these? Is snapshot in wave five? Yes. Or is that coming later? Oh, it is. Yes. All right. I didn't I didn't realize that we were already going to get it this soon. Okay. Well, whatever. Um, snapshot's interesting because like it it drains force charges from force aces, right? They're not going to take damage, but they'll have to spend a force charge. Um, so that helps kind of, but they don't really care. Uh, but it definitely makes not force using aces pretty uncomfortable because they don't they don't get those defense mods. Um, so Soontier's not super excited about the existence of Snapshot in the game, right? Um, a whole bunch of other ships that don't have access to passive mod Glitterstem 2.0 are also pretty unhappy about it. Um, so not just aces, but virtually everything else. So... I think I think the ability to modify it is based on what you're shooting at, right? Like if the ship doesn't have any passive mods for defense, then you know it's fine. It, it's going to work. Um, the foresight version of this lets you modify one focus result, right? And it's 
you have to have a mod to do it, so I assume you need a force charge, or is it just attack, change one focus to a hit? It's just change but one you, focus to a hit. Yeah, you, but you have to spend the force before you attack. So right. you're, yeah. All right, got it. So they, they knew, right? The designers know that, like, that's it. Snapshots good when you have force charges on either side of it. Cool. Um, I don't know. I like th that. Seems the the bullseye nature of it is kind of crazy, right? Because it extends all the way out to range three. Yeah. Yes. So in your testing, Andrew, like, I don't know, like, range three is kind of crazy. It's crazy. If, if you walk up to a swarm, like, you just kind of <laughs> can, can kind of, you know, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's a, that's a broad range. Right. Um, yeah, one of the things that kind of, it, it was helpful, I guess, to my opponent, but, like, it was one of those things where it was just, like, when I tested, I would check range and I would check arc, and then it would basically, they'd be like, okay, now I have perfect information of knowing that I'm in arc or I'm out of arc, so I can now focus on what my actions are going to be. Um, so it was a little bittersweet in that regard uh, to give them so, a little bit of information. <laughs> that's that's interesting. I didn't even think of that. So you're saying that you use it so that when they move, you can decide if you're going to target lock when you move? Yeah, so what would happen was um, I was well, I was testing Snapshot. Really I was testing Snapshot, and I went to, I was like, all right, I'm going to check for snapshot after you moved. And he, I or I didn't have him in arc. And he was just like, oh, perfect. And now I know I don't have to barrel roll and, uh, you know, get out of arc. I can just mod, you know, for that target lock or focus that I need. Um, Do you have to check? Do you have to check for snapshot or is it? You don't have to check, but it's it's one of those things that's like, I wanted to snapshot him. And it was just like, oh, I can't. So it was a little bit, you know. Um, like I said, bittersweet. So like, it, it does give the your opponent a little bit of information, but at the same time, I think you know, taking attacks is taking attacks um, at like initiative nine, basically. Um, I do want to tap, uh, right? It's well, a double tap. Yeah, Jonathan, I did want to yeah. ask you because uh, you probably lived through Snap A's from first edition. So you know, what are your thoughts on these? On Snapshot, uh, Snapshot and Force Light. Well, I was gonna the um, that range two band the range that range two it's bigger than range one so it covers just like in first edition was it just range one just... yeah first edition was yeah. just range one yep. yeah so that range two is a lot bigger and then you're it makes it can make your opponent sort of it's harder to if you're facing your opponent and you're both putting down dials i think it's relatively easy to avoid getting into range one but like range two they have to be a little bit more careful with dial setting. Like if they go, they don't want to go, they just need to go at, they have to go either fast or slow, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Like, cause, like, cause you want to jump from three to one and just like, so it's a lot harder, I think to, it could uh, play tricks on your opponents, uh, like get in their head as they try to set their own dials. Like they're, they're going to be thinking, do I go fast? Do I go slow? Do I turn away? Uh, also, I was going to mention it has the same timing window, right? As uh, well, fine-tuned controls. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So, so a Jedi, if you had initiative with the Jedi player, you could get out of, you could land in range two and then barrel roll boost out, right? Yeah, it, it gives like a weird incentive to to want to be first player, where normally you know the Jedi player always wants to be second player. So that's kind of interesting. Can you tractor people into snapshot range? So if I tractor something backwards, does that count as a move into snapshot range? Like, no, right? No, it's after you perform a maneuver. Execute maneuver. 
Yeah. So it's not a maneuver. That doesn't. Wait. So then, could you snapshot a striker twice? I hate this. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> well, it's you can only do it once per turn. But... Well, it's okay, bonus attack. So if you have two different things, sure, but you can only <laughs> perform one bonus attack. That's one sad tie reaper. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, carry on, Jonathan. And then um, I remember I was reading about like, there. Um, I forget the name of the blog, but they went over snapshot and all the interactions with lots of existing pilots and there lots of things that I hadn't thought of. Like Crassus Trellix can snapshot out the front and the rear, since he can use special weapons at the back. That's pretty yeah. interesting. I might have to take a look at that. Yeah, and then um, so it gives you two sort of no go zones around him and. Um, you know, I forget the, um, the that was the one that sort of stood out to me it was Crassus, and then also this the weird interaction with the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I, that blog that you mentioned, we got to link it in the show notes. Um, I will. It, it yeah, bothers me that I don't out. know, but I, it's it's pretty good. Or at least it's comprehensive. Yeah, they, he goes through like every pilot you can think of. Yeah, um, but I, you know, I guess outside of the mechanics of it, like the 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 gameplay feeling of it. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it is it is interesting. Like, I don't I don't particularly enjoy snapshot, but I know that there are players who use it that loved it at 1.0. Um, where are you guys on this? Like, Jonathan, I think you kind of alluded to it earlier, but what's your stance on snapshot? Do you I like mean, it? I no, I mean it's it's like a tool to use against more maneuverable ships, but I don't like how it feels like an escalation in like stronger, more powerful cards. That, Very, uh, it gives a lot yeah. of things double tap, I guess. That's like that's a big change for a lot of ships to potentially have access to a double tap. And like it can go on. There were there are a lot of places. There are a lot of places it could go on in uh, like a lot of the generics. A lot of like um, like I don't know, like black. You could put on if it's cheap enough. You could put on black squadron tie fighters or Tala squadron C ninety fives. And so I don't. I, it all depends. If it's cheap enough, you could you could swarm them. You know. I wonder if it'll help games end faster. People have been complaining about that lately, right? More shots. Is this is this the closest thing to TLT we're going to get? Snapshot. Power creep. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> no, think so. You know what I'm saying, though, right? Like, will snapshot end games faster? No, I, I definitely don't think so. And like, like I said, I think one of the things that um, I know A wing players are absolutely going to try this right off the bat. They're going to as soon as they get the points for it, they're going to try snap juke just because you can and it makes sense. Um, the only thing is, is I think the only A-Wings that have two EPT slots, or the first A-Wings that have two oh. EPT slots, are Initiative 3. Um, so that might be the Green Squadron. Yeah, they're Initiative 3. So they're the first ones that can do it. Um, is that probably not too... Seven points for Juke would be my concern. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so right there, you're, before you even add Snapshot, you're sitting at 39 points. Um you can maybe... I get the idea. I get the interaction. Right. It seems okay yeah. on like filler Jake, right? You know, Jake's already been running out maneuver and like crack shots sometimes right. for some reason. I mean, like, would you be able to fit four green squadron uh, snap juke A's or even upgrade them up a little bit to the name pilots and um, still be. Because uh, here's the thing the key for this is you have to be moving first. Um, but is that range two ban? Are they just going to do fast maneuvers into basically. Forward only, right? Yeah. Okay, so you, can't, you don't have rear range band RZ2As? Right. Or RZ1s, I'm sorry. 
The uh, I'm talking about the. Yeah, I know you're talking rebels, but yeah. just wanted to confirm that. So, like, resistance doesn't get any benefit from this for the rear arc. It's just the forward arc. It'd be interesting to see this on. Uh, it probably wouldn't matter at all because two dice naked aren't that great. But just throw them on Fang Fighters just to be like, all right, well, if you're not gonna, you know, be at range one of me, I'm gonna be able to shoot you first. Well, so, so that two dice naked comment, right? Like, it matters when the defender doesn't have mock. Like, it matters a lot. But that's why, like, it just suppresses everything that doesn't have force charges. That's my biggest concern with it. I know I mentioned that already, but, like, this just very specifically tells things that don't have built-in passive mods to feel bad. So I, if it if, if it specifically told, you know, force users to feel bad, I'd be a little bit more on board. <laughs> but it's a diff- that's a separate topic. Yeah. All right, so, Brett, yeah. go ahead, Jonathan. Oh, so um, a few others. So I found I found the blog, and I will... We can link it in the show notes, but apparently, so correct me if this guy, if we're, if I'm wrong, but it says rolling additional attack dice is not dice modification. It is not. Yeah. So anybody, any of those abilities that let you any, like those very, like pure sabak and such, let you roll an additional die. You could add an additional die for some of them. Um, Captain Sevor getting his ability off. To jam. To Basically. jam. Yeah. 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 So he could jam. Um, Aaron Kraken, you know, after he does the attack, then he can give someone an action, you know, just a few random things uh, on the shadow caster. Tractor beam with the shadow caster. Yeah. With a snapshot. So what's the name of the blog again? Uh, it's Nathan X wing dot home dot blog. Nathan. Okay, cool. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, I've talked to him in the past. All right. Well, I think we spent enough time on snapshot. Uh, it's coming. Um, so, any any final comments on Snapshot, though? Brett, do you have anything? Do you have any opinion on Snapshot? I, I think it all just comes down to, to cost. I mean, if it's if it's really cheap, then it's adding an extra attack for almost every ship in the game, and that could be pretty huge. Um, but uh, right now, I, I mean, Snapshot in first edition I didn't think was too oppressive, except for when you had uh, the stress spot involved, which is how I used it. Um, so I, I'm not too concerned yet. Power level's way down, right? So something that was good in first edition should be on your radar for second. I'd leave it at that. Yeah, no, you're right. All right, let's move on to, um, C-3PO. Uh, Chris, is I know it has... C-3PO? <laughs> it is C-3PO. So Chris has strong feelings about, um, <laughs> fake ig <laughs> He's got, this is Chris's strong feeling episode. Um, so. Okay, so basically, real quick, it's while you defend, if you are calculating, you may reroll one defense die after you perform a calculate action, gain one calculate token. So they just need to keyword advanced droid brain and stop using this. Um, everyone should know what advanced droid brain does. <laughs> I Okay, I'll, I'll go first because I, I know I have opinions on this. I think this is going to be just a... Uh, a reinf- like a light reinforce because you're going to be calculating. Yeah, you get those mods, um, but I think at the same time, anything that can take this only has one green die. So it's kind of like you're rerolling one green die into you know one green die, and unless you're at range three, unless you're at a range three, sure. Um, and then it's kind of like okay, you're probably still taking a little bit of damage. Maybe not. I don't know, but. I think the big thing here is definitely that you're getting the two calculate tokens. So maybe um, that's my take on it. What do you guys think? 
I, I want to ask Jonathan, how often uh, do those Braylon rerolls help you out? I imagine a lot. They do help a lot, actually. Yeah, even just rerolling the one or two or one or two can help a lot. All right. I, I think this is going to be really good. It, you know, if there's a good platform for it, and that's what we we don't know yet. We it sounds like we can throw it on on a Y wing potentially, but uh, you know, we don't know all the points and slots yet. And arcs. It's going to be great on arcs. Like arc one seventy is going to love this. Wolf, I think maybe in particular, who who already gets a, a free reroll, um, now can spend a calculate on offense and still have that calculate to get rerolls on defense. I think that could be really nice. Yeah, I, the main thing with this one is it's just it's kind of a it's a, just an odd card, right? In my mind, because most cards do something or have some requirements for whatever you're doing to to you know take place. Um, it's not true for everything, but you know, most of the interesting cards in the game have a, a condition you have to meet before you get to use it. Um, this is just here, put it on a ship and it gets a reroll, and then put it on a ship and it gets an extra calculate. So it's kind of a quasi, you know, just extra action. Um, not that that really matters. So that's, that's you know, the, the strong feelings about this. I don't have too strong of a feeling <laughs> about it. I just think it's two upgrades in one, and both upgrades are kind of lame. There's no... There's nothing you need to do on the table for it to be accomplished other than take a calculate action. Yeah, I, I don't think there's much more to it. Uh, it's a pretty simple card. Um, it's going to see place its place. Um, it probably will be points costed because they have C-3PO basically doing the same thing. They have IG-88. In the other factions, they have IG-88D doing basically the same thing. So I, I think this could definitely see play on... I mean, when you bring it up like that with Braylon getting those rerolls, it definitely helps. But um... on for arcs, you know, or it'll it'll matter. And then yeah. I, you know, the other thing to to keep in mind is like, you know, if you look at the Republic faction, most people on first pass aren't thinking, man, that faction just it's really starved for dice modification. You know, yeah. <laughs> so like. Like it, it, this, this could just potentially change like filler for a third ship in an Anakin Obi Wan list, right? Does this is this relevant for an Arc One Seventy, you know, generic one um, in an Annie Obi list? I don't think it will be because it'll probably be just expensive enough. Um, so, like, we could transition to Ahsoka, but before we do, I guess the 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 main thing that I'm looking at with C three PO is, you know, will it force me to sacrifice Regen in a Jedi list? If it does, I'm probably not going to take it. If it doesn't, then it's it's relevant until regen gets costed correctly. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't think there's too much we have to talk about C-3PO, but let's when we trans- transition into Ahsoka, the only thing that I've heard about this is, is basically Scum Han Gunner. Is that true or is that false? I didn't even read the card yet. <laughs> Man, you're on fire tonight. Oh, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Why, what's the parallel to Han Gunner? Just the fact that it gives you a force charge. Um, I guess because it's a red focus action. Yes. I got you. Okay. All right, so help me out. Is Ahsoka good or is Ahsoka not good? Good. It's dice mods. Ahsoka is really good. Well, all right, Brett, take this one. Tell me about Ahsoka. All right, so first, I mean, there's just a force charge, which by itself we know is, is great. And going to be worth at least nine points because that's what fifth brothers work worth and that's basically just a force um but then you can help out one of your your more important ships by giving them you know a red focus action probably before they move so think about like clt obi-wan or, or some other clt jedi right the the main problem is they don't really have any way to get rid of their blanks because they need 
or usually need to take a focus or else they're, they're spending their force way too quickly. So here we have a great way to get double mods on those, uh, those CLT Jedi. Um, and, you know, in the turns where they don't need it, now we just have a nice passive mod, you know, every time. And, and I think we can all agree that force charge crew are, are phenomenal, or in this case, a, a gunner. But I, I could see this being an extremely important card. And it's it allows you to perform a red action even while stressed. So I wonder why it, it works while stressed, just if you wanted to K-turn on something, I guess. Um, I mean, that is what Ahsoka's um, pilot card does. Okay. So I, I don't know if maybe it's, you know, just that's that's her, like, fluff mechanic they're going with. Um, I, I haven't really seen the show. I mean, have you seen so the, know. you know, the BT, B, Y, or Y-Wing? Is like got like two blues on it, so th that could help be part of it too. Oh, good point. So yeah. it's got like the one forward blue and the two forward blue. So th if those things get stressed, they might have a hard time taking it off if they don't bring R four Astromech. Going back to C three PO for a second. Um, <laughs> oh. I, pro I promise it's related to this. Um, okay. I, when when new upgrade upgrade cards get released, people look at the 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 good lists and they're like, "How can I make this more good?" Right, so so that's regen Jedi. Where if I subtract subtract regen, I make it worse. So I won't do that. But then you look at Sinker Swarm, which has a huge amount of room if you remove the second arc 170. Right, um, you know then then C3PO becomes a way to keep Sinker alive, um, and then the, the 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 gunner here might become a way to kind of give a Sinker Swarm an extra, um, you know, little offensive boost. Uh, even on the turns that they're doing it to Talon or something like that, so seems relevant. I'm with you, Brett. I think uh, I think I think we'll see the gunner. Cool. Um, all right. So, any last thoughts on Ahsoka? I, I uh, uh, you guys told me. I, I mean, looking at the card, I think this is going to be pretty awesome. Right, and it, it just like this is this is uh, also, I guess, a little helpful for Jedi because you can. Like having a focus token available seems good, so you don't have to spend your, uh, you know, you don't have to basically spend the the force charges. Um, so you put this on a lower initiative thing, take a red focus action and clear it. I don't. I, I what Josh Holt at Coruscant ran Luke Gunner on an arc one seventy just because he wanted one force charge. So look look to that. <laughs> cool. Let's. I, this is this is my favorite card of the entire pack is Chopper. It's basically just Chopper, C110P. Um, it's a dual-sided card. You equip a face-up. After you execute a maneuver, you can spend one charge to perform a red evade action, even while stressed during the end phase. If you have zero charges, then you flip the card. And then when you flip the card, it says, after you execute a maneuver, you must choose one ship at range 0 to 1. It gains one jam token. That's pretty awesome. Um... Just I, I like the erratic chopper side just because I could see this really being in a place of like a lower initiative Jedi just like zipping around and trying to jam as many things as possible. So, I, I, not to complain all episode, but I guess that's what this one is. Um, it basically it basically improves the ability of Jedi to shrug off a block, right? And then it also potentially gives them options to make the blocks that they catch more impactful right because of the delivering a jam token seems like a good good strategy um so basically you could like bump one thing deny that a mod and then jam something else nearby i guess right 
or like whatever it is. Um, but I think it still has the same problem where, you know, and, and Brett, you might have a good answer to this. I think you do. But, you know, where do you sacrifice the regen to take this? Obviously, there's lists outside of List Fortress that exist. So someone will do something creative. Um, but it just because of how those things are under-costed, it raises questions. Um, and it raises interesting questions like, what is the value of having an evade action and a turn that you're blocked versus having a shield to regen? Like, either way, it saves you a hit point. Um, do you get blocked so often with Jedi that that matters? Uh, it's tough. So I, I agree with Andrew first. I'm extremely excited about this card, more so than any other card. Um, and, and here's kind of how I'm looking at it. First, where would I put it? Um, I've been running that, that triple Jedi list I talked about uh, last time, I think it was, um, where one of them is a CLT Jedi who has no droid. So that's if I can fit it there, then, I mean, this is basically a you know, a free slot that, that I wasn't using that's going to have massive value now. The red um, evade action, I think, could be really important because that purple evade is actually is, is tough, right? There are a number of times where maybe I'm down to just one force charge and it's like, okay, well, I could I could spend it and, and get the, you know, the evade, but, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure if I'm going to get shot or not. Now I can take a, a, a red evade, still have my force charge. So first off, my defense is going to be a lot better because I have, you know, uh, two different types of mods there. Um, it also makes my, my offense better because I could spend that force on offense if I need to. Um, so it, it's going to help not deplete force, which is really important. But really, the, it's the, the backside that I think is is great. I mean, Jam is extremely strong. And, you know, normally you have to either waste a shot on it, which no one does, which is why Jamming Beam is free, or spend an action, which, you know, only the Reaper really does, or, or occasionally maybe Tavson or, or something like that. Um, but here, if I can just give out Jam tokens for free on yeah. ships that are extremely maneuverable, right? Like the Jedi are never stressed. They can do one hards and, you know, barrel roll and boost to, to get wherever they want to go, really. And this has the same timing window as fine-tuned controls. So once I'm in the scrum, it's going to be really unlikely, I think, for me not to, to be able to get someone at range 0 to 1 to give them a jam token. And even if I miss, I just take it myself, and I have my force charges to back me up. So it's not really that big of a deal. Um, so there's almost no downside to this card. And is, is this the easiest way to, to apply a jam token? Um that exists in the game now? Yes, as, as far as I know. I, I don't think there's anything even close to it. Right, I mean... Like, Tavson's pretty good at it with Biohex, because he can do it rangeless, right? But that's that's the closest equivalent, I guess. Right, and you still have to spend an action to do it, right? Because this is not even just yeah, easy shield. to apply range-wise. <laughs> right, He's... but I mean, here, it, it's basically nothing, right? It's I, I probably wanted to get into range one of you anyway, so I could light you up with my double-modded shot. Yeah. And now you're just not going to have a token on defense for it. And it's pretty big that it's... Um, I, I wonder who wrote these cards, because we get we get Ahsoka, which says after you execute a maneuver, and then both sides of this card say after you execute. So you don't have to complete either of those to be able to spend the, the force to dish out of focus, or in this case, do you know do what you're looking to do. Um, which is like, that's, that's kind of crazy, right? Because it means that like, you know, with an ace... Um, you can you can fly right into something that's chasing you, and maybe jam the target lock off, right? Deny them the chance to shoot you that turn, which we talked about in the past, and then you can K turn on them, and they've lost their their lock, right? Um, 
say it's 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 pretty good. So, but, but where where does it cross the threshold for you though, um, Brett? Where you would you would consider this over the the two force charge or the the two shield, you know, tokens that you know you can get back from R two. Um, if it's if this is if this is more than six points, let me put it that way. So I'm willing, I think, to drop down to to different ships. I don't think I'm willing to to get rid of the regen right now. I mean, the regen is just so helpful for preserving MOV. Um, now I haven't put this on the table, right? So maybe once I put it on the table, I see it's even better than I thought, and I'm willing to drop the 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 regen. But honestly, right now I'm even just thinking maybe the first two turns I just spend the stupid evade action so I can get this this jam token mechanic because that's the part that's that's really exciting. That's so funny. I've never I've, have we ever had a card like that where you just furiously are burning charges to get at the other side of it. <laughs> I don't think so. Can you can you start can you start erratic? Is that allowed or no? It has to. It, yeah, the other one is equipped this side face up, so you have to go through those two charges. So I got a question for you guys. If you can put a Jedi Knight with a CLT Jedi Knight with sense and this under fifty points, would you think it's worth it? Yeah, totally. I, I I think I think Brett was getting at that with his kind of third ship that's not Annie or Obi running this. Um, but to go back to the Sinker Swarm example, um, this adds control elements to the Republic faction. Um, what what are there other besides blocking? Are there other things in Republic that are control? Not that well, I... I don't think so. Um, there's not much, right? I mean, I we'll probably like ion corpse or something. But... Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll probably start getting like some ion uh, Y wings coming out. But other than that, I don't think anything really. I mean, you got you got Padme. Oh, Palp. Yeah, that's a good point because Palp but is dishing out stress. Um, but typically, you see the other side of Palp when you're if you ever see him on the Republic, the the coordinating and giving out the the free like uh, red focus. So um, you know you don't see it much, but I guess Palp could could work. Yeah, so, and we've seen Palp play. So, so the the thought of adding a control piece to a sinker swarm seems good, right? If you have a Jedi that you are at risk of just getting jammed all the time, uh, if you don't kill it, then that means you can't really look at the torrents or sinker. Um, I don't know how the cost would have to work out for that to fit, though. Sure. Like Luminara with this, and then a full sinker swarm, that won't fit, right? I didn't know that. <laughs> no, I know, but it's just it's it's uh, that seems like it would be a nightmare. Uh, I'm excited just for the card, even uh, even if I don't play Republic at all. Like it's just something that like I, I think this is a really cool mechanic that they're adding. Um, and it's even yeah, just the jam. The jam. And it's like thematic that it, it's basically just Chopper, and he's like, "Yo, I'm gonna do exactly what I want to do." Um, I love the artwork on it. Too. Yeah, like, the artwork's like, so good. So, so the tricky bit with it is just the fact that at low initiative, you're going to have a full board state with which to decide to give something a jam, right? Like you're not like at, at I one, you just you just dish out the jam token, but there's no. Oh man, yeah, there's no, ready you don't to think wondering. about it. There's no there's no processing or guessing involved. I got it. Ready? Precognitive reflexes on the Jedi Knight. With this and like Obi with sense, crickets. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's like it, it. That's a thing that could happen. And basically, I'm just trying to figure out a way to get these Jedi Knights to work. Um, it's probably yeah, the wrong maneuver, but anyway. Um, 
So what is this going to do? Like, we're not going to get a point adjustment with the release of Wave 5, right? Like, that would be... I mean, I guess we've had mid-season adjustments. It wouldn't be... I wouldn't be shocked if they release this this stuff, give us the cost, and then make some slight tweaks somewhere else. Um, they got to print the PDF again anyways. So I, I wonder I wonder if that might happen. Um, if it doesn't, it, this, this entire wave does feel like kind of the Republic and Empire booster pack with like something to make Separatists have a second list. That's kind of where it's at, right? That's that's the impact it'll have. Yeah, and I think the Nantex is really kind of... It's... We, we have to see what these points are going to cost for it to really be a panic button. Because I know a lot of people are panicking over the Nantex because tractor beams are an NPE and being able to move at I-6 and do it, but I mean, good lord, if that thing is at like... 90 to 100 points like i can't justify bringing a four um hull ship with no shields like that's just crazy i uh, yeah I, I haven't i haven't put a ton of testing into sunfac yet or or uh the nantex i i think it's all i know is it's gonna have an impact an immediate impact on the meta um just you can't add an i6 to the game without causing some ripple right. effects right it doesn't this doesn't require any great foresight to be able to guess at that um so i you know it does it does introduce i guess i guess with the the republic chopper and with the nantex there's a whole lot more control coming our way and um i i don't know like i don't know what the cost would be on on the generic nantex that you start to move away from seer swarm um, but I'm pretty sure it's a pretty wide range because th- there's a lot to be said. I mean, we just saw Dooku and Six Vultures win in Australia, um, and that's giving up a shot to, to dish out the tractor beam, right? Um, if that worked that well by sacrificing a chance to do damage, um, I think it's a fair bet that the, the, the option just to be dishing out tractor tokens is going to be relevant, especially because everything's shooting with two dice, right? Sure. Um, so that 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 I like whatever everyone's focused on Sunfac and it's like that matters and I think it'll you know we don't want that to be too cheap because that's probably not a fun game for anyone it's the reverse of C10 you know at I1 seeing everything um, but the I1 Nantex are probably being under or just the generic Nantex is probably being under discussed I haven't been listening to many people lately but like that doesn't seem like it's been on anyone's radar right the generics matter a lot well, they, they, I mean, it's it's really ensnare that like super matters, right? And if the you know the I ones can't take ensnare, then you know I, you can tractor yourself all you want to, really, I guess, and, and get that barrel roll. I'm not too concerned. Do they not have a talent? I might have been over assuming that. What the Nantex? Or, or like, what's the lowest initiative thing that can take ensnare? Is it just some fact? Like, it's we possible. Right? We won't know. Yeah, we won't know that. <laughs> Oh, we don't know yet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think there's two generics though. So if it's like you know other ships, one's probably going to have a an EPT slot and one's not. Um, okay. Um, but I hear you know, you. All, it's all speculation, obviously. But you and I completely agree, right? I don't. I don't think I want a game where Sunfac is cheap and is just going around and throwing out those tractor tokens. Like that doesn't sound fun to me at all. The one nice thing though is, unlike a lot of I six, like you know when there's a new I six or whatever, he can't just really get you know, a, a plug and play into the, 
you know, the current boogeyman for them because, you know, separatists really need that, you know, that relay. They really need, um, you know, a lot of the other pieces that Sunfact just really is not going to give them. So if he's taking up, you know, a third or, or half of your list, you're not going to be bringing in that swarm that's anywhere near as effective. Right. I, like, this is definitely a case where there's been a lot of panic about it. And we need to see it in practice. Um, I, I brought up the Dooku list because that seems like a, that seems like someone who knows how the Nantex works and is just preparing for its arrival. Like whoever that guy was, it's just, that's what that list looked like to me when I saw it. Um, but it, like really, really for me, anytime we get fixated as a community on like one pilot within an upgrade pack, there's usually something else hiding in there that is just as relevant. It just takes like a little longer to find it. Um, so, so maybe, you know, we're getting all this, what, like Thursday or Friday? Friday. Oh man, these changes are coming fast and furious. <laughs> <laughs> Live life at a quarter mile of a time. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the Nantex way. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll get a lot of information on Friday though. But uh, other than that, yeah, it is kind of like a Republican. Definitely the Imperials are getting a huge bonus with that targeting computer. I'm excited for the Nantex because I, I can't wait to put that thing on the table and just have fun with it. But, you know, I like control elements to the game. Like, it makes... It's a different element to the game, and we'll talk about that a little bit more next week. Um, Can't wait. That'll, that'll be fun, right? I'm ex- so excited. But, all right, so I think that's going to wrap up our uh, commentary on the Nantex and the Y-Wing upgrades coming out. Um, so, real quick, we're just going to go over some news. we got a article coming out with the World's Prizes, and I, I, I personally think they're pretty cool. We have some, like... New things, we're getting like more dial covers coming out for the worlds. They basically said it's going to be a ticket event. So just running events, you're going to be able to get tickets for prize walls. I think one of the most important things that I'm excited for is basically everyone is getting a Plo Koon alt uh, paint job ship. Right, Brett? I I think you're pretty excited for this. I'm really excited, but now I know I'm going to miss out on the last chance qualifier because I'm just (laughs) so excited about this stuff. Uh, that like the pressure has gone like to you know infinity right now. The prizes are so good. Yeah, and one of the things that I thought was really cool was like you, you. It's not just a Plo Koon like alt paint ship. They're coming out with like Plo Koon punch cardboard for your bases. Like that's completely no. I think that's amazing that they're doing that. It's like Plo Koon ID markers for the ship and target locks. Um, so there is a lot of really cool things that are saying that. And like I said, I'd be interested to see if they're doing that with any other ship there. Um, but again, you know, dial covers are, the, are like basically the big thing now with them. Um, I don't have the list in front of me. Jonathan, do you remember anything? Oh, so there are, um, you mentioned the Plo Koon with all the dial, the uh, cardboard tokens, uh, red and black templates. Um, dial covers for the top eight, unique to the faction. They look really great. Uh, and then um, template trays for the top in faction and right. I think the, the champion. I think the dial covers are each in, are even top eight of each faction uh, per day. Yeah, they are. Yes, top eight. So that would be eight times seven that they'd be giving out, and then on each day. So that's a lot of dial covers. 
Yeah, so I'm. I know everyone was kind of upset with Nova and the prize support there, but like, holy crap! I think this kind of redeems it. If you're going to Worlds, it's pretty cool. Like, they're giving out a ton of prizes, and I'd be really excited to see what you know. See these actually in person. Um, any other things that we want to touch base on, guys? Uh, we have a couple of tournament announcements. We have next Saturday, or this Saturday coming up, it's in Booton, New Jersey on Highlander Games. It's a hyperspace trial. Uh, I'll check, definitely check that out. And then next down in our friends down in the D.C. area, there's a hyperspace trial on the 21st at in Annapolis at Third Eye Games. Um, they always do a tremendous job. They, you know, A lot of the TOs run over down there. So if you're interested, I would definitely take a look at that one um and then our group uh, championship we have a little bit of news i know it might be a little bit of tight turnaround but we have it scheduled right now for october 12th uh the weekend before world so if you are going to worlds and you can try to you know get a little bit of practice in for that that is the tentative date at top deck games so we'll have more news on that uh, a little bit closer to that date Again, I just want to thank everyone for listening. Um, If you are a fan of the show, check us out on Facebook at Liberty Squadron, um, the Facebook group, and our podcast page. So just like or join both of those groups. That'd be awesome. Uh, If you'd like to support us, we are on Patreon. Uh, We have that link in our show notes. As well as news on that, your alt art thank you notes are out. And we do have some special announcements coming out. So if you are a patron take a look at our patreon page uh notes and you will be able to see what is ahead right around the corner i'm super excited for it and you guys should be too other than that i think that's going to do it for this week's episode i want to thank everyone for listening and have a great night